welcome to Breaking Barriers. Do you need some inspiration to take your life to the next level? Are you ready to propel or change your career? How about branch out and start something completely new? Well, guess what? You are in the right place. Come laugh with us, come learn with us as we hear the personal stories of failures and successes from amazing women who will inspire you to take action. And now introducing your host, President and co-founder of Women Leadership Nation, Jennifer Latticer. Thanks so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here, Jennifer. I mean, we're going to talk about a subject that I think both of us are uh, passionate about, and that is success for fellow women. Absolutely. So as I start with all of my guests, I always ask the question, when you were younger, what did you want to be? Well, here's the thing um, uh, when I sort of answer this, and it's a bit of a tribute to my dad. And the tribute to my dad was that uh, he, you know, a new immigrant coming to this country uh, for his uh, for his young daughter. He's, you know, for one thing, he raised me in the same way that he raised my brother and my other and my sister. And uh, and 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 what he created was this incredible supportive environment that said, listen, you can be anything you wanted to be. So the truth of it was that it was a whole lot of room to discover who you are and uh, to find what you were passionate about. And for me, it was in service of people. Wow. So you always knew from the very beginning you want to make a difference. And I think that a big, big a key message there is the idea of making sure from the very beginning you're inspiring you know, your young women, your young men to actually do the best that they can. So, you know, when you say, for example, when you first went off to school, what was it that you were studying? Did you know you always wanted to be in politics or did you know how you no, wanted to be people? I didn't. I mean, what I, as you said, I mean, what I, what I learned and understood and what I, what I love to do was actually in service of people. So if you look at my career, um, it has been in education, working with young people and students. It has been with, uh, you know, the education minister at the provincial level, uh, putting together some extraordinary policies that help to reduce class sizes or rebuild schools and just creating this incredible environment, you know, where educators and the administration, you know, really work together, you know, on the focus of student success or, um, you know, or uh, for, you know, just working in public service. I think that there's nothing more honorable and noble to be able to have an opportunity to work in the public service in service of people. I mean, so, um, so that was sort of a lot of my, you know, my, my work, um, my work history. And in all of that, I think, you know, when I sort of now look back and reflect, it's not, uh, it's not that unusual. It, it, and, and, and the reason it doesn't seem so unusual right now is because what really is the common thread there is that really it was in service of people, whether it was young people or in, uh, you know, in the senior, you know, in, in the civil service for, you know, for seniors or whomever. I mean, um, it really was just in service of people. And so running for public office, was um, I suppose an extension of that, but it wasn't something that I thought about um, up front. It just sort of happened, and it happened because I also looked around and thought, "Hmm, um, we need to have a whole lot of people who look like me and a lot of different versions of me to be able to be those voices of so many of the people that I certainly represent, but Canadian women." So it's um, it's been it's been terrific, and and I couldn't find. 
uh, a better team uh, led by a better leader that uh, that really gives me uh, the opportunity to shine and to grow and to do my very very best as uh, um, you know as 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 a minister. That's amazing, and I I believe strongly in the the idea that you have to see it to be it. And I think that having and I'm really passionate about seeing more women go into politics and government. And so you know, for you going in there, do you was there a mentor or somebody that helped to guide you uh, along? There were many along the way, and that's the advice I would give to women. I mean, find you know find other women who have walked. Your, you know, that have worked, walked that journey and reach out. Um, find allies who want to lift you up and support you um, and, uh, and ask for that. Ask for that help. Don't be shy about that because everyone, mentors, colleagues, um, all play a role in helping you uh, build you and it helps you walk in that journey. Um, it walk in that journey to be, I guess, your best you. And so what other advice would you have for, let's, let's focus first on women in politics. What advice do you have for young women that are maybe thinking, wow, this could be a career for me or those that are in it and want to get to that next level? Well, I think that today there's a lot more of us around, which I think is absolutely terrific. I sit around a cabinet table where half of us are women, the other half uh, uh, are not, and um, and it's it's and the diversity of the uh, perspective that comes from uh, all of us at the table, I think it makes helps us be better decision makers and in in service of people. Um, but I would say reach out. Uh, Serving in public office is one is is only one of the roles in political life. There are campaign managers. There are people who you know look to outreach with community to build those wonderful community relationships. There are people who uh, need to do uh, the necessary and the really good fundraising work that is that is so important to keep our democratic system engaged and participating. So there are many, many roles, and it is terrific to see more and more women taking on many of those roles. So you should look around. Uh, every single riding in the country, whether it's federal or provincial, will have you know something what they call a riding association or electoral district association. Um, municipal candidates as well, or office holders, like they, they usually have um, you know they they also have um, you know uh, you know have a public presence. So it doesn't matter sort of at what level. I would say look around and see you know see you know what what interests you and who interests you. And reach out, and if you know, and sometimes you might reach out, and uh, and and the interaction may not be as much as you would like it to, and it just may just be circumstances at that time. So reach out to the next person, right? And uh, and 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 I can only speak for myself, but I I love it when I'm able to do that uh, with someone who's genuinely and who wants to be interested in civic life. I think that uh, there's nothing there's nothing greater than that level of uh, volunteerism and that kind of commitment. That's amazing. So I, I I love what you said because I know part of my uh, history, I was in economic development and uh, at municipal level. And I found going into it, there's all sorts of other roles that you have no idea about. So, you know, what I encourage my daughters to do and, and I'm sure what you were kind of pointing at as well is the fact that, you know, why don't you volunteer? 
And you, you, there's all sorts of opportunities that you may not even know about. That's exactly right. And uh, if you think about COVID right now, particularly, I think COVID is what highlights it for all of us, right? Which is how important it is uh, that volunteerism, that uh, that approach, which is um, be kind to your neighbor and to your friends and to lend that helping hand. I've seen it time and time again. In fact, I have not been as proud as I am as a Canadian that I have been in these last number of months because of the resilience that I see. Um, young young women, young girls, um, just rolling up their sleeves and looking and, uh, and just sort of saying, okay, you know what? What can I do? And how can I participate and how can I help? And, um, and there are, I think that there are, there are many, there are many, many opportunities, but there are also opportunities that you make yourself too. So, uh, so I totally agree, uh, encouraging women, young women uh, to, to do that. And I think we have a cadre of young women who are, I, I, you know, I, I see them all the time and uh, they're leaders right from the get-go, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I, you know, we'll talk a little bit about COVID as well, and uh, and then dive into entrepreneurship. But the one point I want to make is, um, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, is that COVID also doesn't stop volunteering opportunities. I know my my teenage daughter; she reached out to even Ryerson University and said, you know, she's not there yet, but is there any volunteer opportunities? So, would you agree with that? That don't allow that barrier. It's kind of an opportunity to learn resilience and kind of seek out new opportunities? Yeah, I think that that's right. Um, I think that uh, many people, many Canadians have not let COVID stop them. Of course, we're doing things differently. Of course, Mm -hmm. I appeal to everyone to stay safe. I appeal to everyone to listen to the health guidance. Um, And I appeal to all of us to do that uh, in, you know, in the health and safety of our fellow Canadians. But at the same time, what we're seeing is just this incredible uh, will of people to just want to do their part so that we can all get through this. So no, don't let it stand in your way. Try to pursue some of those uh, those volunteer opportunities that may be out there because you may be more needed. In fact, you probably are more needed now than uh, than ever. Right. And so let's get into entrepreneurship now. That's an exciting topic for me as well. And entrepreneurs are struggling right now. And your government's done so much to support them. I'd love for you to maybe share a little bit about what you're doing to help entrepreneurs and any advice you have for them for getting through this tough time. Yeah, 2020 and COVID-19 has been very difficult for entrepreneurs and for our small businesses. There's absolutely no question about that, which is why right from the get-go, the government, this government made it really clear, we're going to support Canadians and we're going to support our small businesses and we're going to give them the support that they need and we'll do, you know, we'll do whatever it takes. And um And I think you've seen our government do that. We put programs out very quickly and some of them needed to be tweaked or they needed to be adjusted by listening to Canadians and listening to entrepreneurs and businesses. That's what we have done. So what, and you know, I, when I hear and listen to businesses, I mean, during this time of COVID, they said, look, we have bills to pay and we need to be able to continue to do that. So in that we've put out things like the small business loan, they, Businesses have employees 
We don't want businesses laying off people. We want to help them so that they can keep people on their staff so that we can bridge through this period of COVID-19 and get them on that road to recovery. And we know that if an employer and employees stay together, they're better, better primed to be able to stay, you know, they're better on that road to recovery, which is why we introduced the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, which is offering almost 75, like up to 75% covering wages for those businesses that are particularly hard hit. And then the other thing as well is, I mean, what Main Street have you walked through where your favorite place has had to close down and they're closing down, thank you, because they're trying to keep people safe. But at the same time, it's been difficult. So, but they still have to pay the rent. Uh, the Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy is there to help businesses deal with the uh, rent costs that they have to continue to pay. And right now, um, you know, for us, we're here in the greater Toronto area. It is under lockdown. And uh, again, in an effort to keep Canadians safe. So that's why we have a lockdown support, which is, you know, an additional support. So some businesses, particularly those that are hard hit and have to continue to pay rent, will get paid up to 90% of their rent paid. So all of these supports, and there are many, but those are the ones that I sort of often think, you know, for small businesses, what's really important for women entrepreneurs and for women-owned businesses, help me pay for my people. Help me with that liquidity so that I can just maneuver around a little bit with some of that cash flow and help me with some of the fixed costs that I just I have obligations to pay for. So those are some of uh, those are some of our emergency programs. Um, and of course, there are other uh, there are other uh, supports that are there for people. I mean, if you're sick and you are looking after a loved one, there is a recovery benefit that is there for you. Our philosophy has always been let's make sure we are supporting Canadians. We're all in this together and let's get through this and let's make sure that people don't have to worry about a roof over their head and uh, or food on the table. And for small businesses, let's make sure we give them that support so that we could just bridge them through to the other side. And for women entrepreneurs, my goodness, I mean, they normally wear a thousand hats. Mm-hmm. Now, they're working like you know now uh just multiply that right i mean they're wearing they're wearing multiple hats they are looking after you know they're looking after kids if if you've got kids who are in school you're they're at home with you right now yep. we have and, to them. <laughs> yeah. and yep. you're looking after that and you're also trying to run your business right so we have uh i uh, humbly um lead the women's entrepreneurship strategy the first ever of its kind in in Canada and we have the, what we call ecosystems so we have national ecosystems and regional ecosystems and they're there to mentor to help support our businesses our women-owned businesses across the country we added some additional funding to make sure that our ecosystem partners are able to do that work um, and and then some during covid 19 so just a range of supports to make sure that our businesses and women entrepreneurs are um are absolutely you know who that are absolutely getting the support including adding to the Canada Child Benefit as well, right? Like just to make sure that there's additional, like it's that additional, the additional expenses. So making sure that our social, you know, our social policies and our economic policies really are, you know, are working in collaboration with one goal in mind, supporting our female entrepreneurs. And I think it's amazing that your government sees it from that perspective, that it's a holistic approach that's required, that it's not a one-off and that, and also seeing, so, you know, like you, you speak about with the, the, the impact to female entrepreneurs now having their children, uh, you know, and how are they taking care of daycare and homeschool and all these components. Are you also seeing um, some incredible potential future opportunities with women and other entrepreneurs, all entrepreneurs really 
innovating and being resilient and maybe coming up with new opportunities and ideas. Absolutely. I meet with uh, entrepreneurs and businesses across the country all the time. And what is really remarkable during this period, while there, while while one does not want to, um, of course, uh, um, you know, not acknowledge the challenges and how tough it is. I've also seen this remarkable, you know, pivoting. This remarkable, like in like entrepreneurial spirit, where you know, female bakery, right? in on the east coast she uh would you know incredible business uh five employees a couple of bakers but you know the rest were sort of you know front office or like sort of doing the front and retailing but you know very early on she said you know I'm going to have to close down, but how am I going to, how am I going to flourish and how am I going to pivot? So, you know, took out, you know, took our small business loan and, uh, and uh, decided to automate her ordering system. People still loved her cookies. People still loved her baked goods. So, you know, the wage subsidy helped keep her staff on staff and uh, the loan helped her invest in an online ordering system. The staff who used to work the front counter now does the online, like the ordering. So, I mean, that's one example. I can, you know, there are businesses who are also looking to grow into international markets. I led the very first virtual trade mission. We are adapting so that we can help our businesses grow into those international markets. So I led the first ever uh, virtual mission. It was to South Korea. It was actually supposed to be a physical mission uh, last February and of course had to uh, has to be postponed. But we just thought, you know, we're not going to let COVID stop us. We're going to do that. So, um, so a lot of of pivoting, a lot of incredible entrepreneurialism. So, kudos to the businesses um, who are doing this. And you know, and this is the other point about you said see it to see it to be it. That's what we're trying to feature as well. Businesses who are doing it so that others can see it's possible and draw some inspiration and maybe even just some assistance or some ideas so that during this time, that pivoting and that innovating is very, very much part of that Canadian entrepreneurial spirit. I think that's great because, you know, we all know that this has had a devastating impact on our personal lives and also on businesses. But, you know, at the same time, being able to see some good news and see some examples, we can learn from it. And so I definitely hope to feature more companies that to profile that as well, because I think we need that. Right. And so, you know, what about from the mental health perspective of, you know, what would you say to that entrepreneur that maybe is treading water and overwhelmed? What would be their first step? Well, I think that to those businesses, it is just hard. And, you know, and I want you to know that we hear you, we see you. Uh, We have a wellness portal that is free of charge that we put out there that we have launched. This is exactly what that is for. It's exactly to help Canadians, businesses uh, who really might need that additional support right now because it is incredibly stressful. It is hard. And mental health is something that we need to pay particular attention to. We need, we need, our Canadian businesses, not only physically healthy, but mentally healthy as well. So uh, the Canadian wellness portal is there so that uh, so that those resources are there for people who need to draw on it. And please draw on it because that is what it's there for. We want to support our Canadian businesses throughout this journey um, so that we can see COVID in the rearview mirror, but get on that road to economic recovery. And we're going to need you. That's amazing. And I'll I'll do my part to try and list when we send this out um, any 
resources or opportunities that people can just click on and, and get Great. started with. So, you know, are there any final thoughts from the perspective of, you know, what, what advice do you have as a woman leader, you know, in your career, what do you wish you knew when you were first starting out? Well, I, uh, I wish I knew this, but I, you know, I, I think that this is also a part of the wonderful thing of being a woman, but also, uh, you know, also something I think we need to be conscious about. You can do a lot more than you think you can, and you don't need to, you don't need to um, uh, be perfect or think that you've got to, you know, kind of get it all right. Um, I think it's okay to uh, look around see someone who is doing something you already are or wanting to do and, you know, and, and reach out. So I think asking for help, there's no shame in that. In fact, it's uh it's uh I call that networking. I call that building connections and building relationships and, you know, and being confident that, that you, you probably know a lot more than you do. And, and, and you probably should give yourself a lot more credit, but we sometimes need that validation. And, you know, so, so go get it. And I think the the good thing about having sort of that is that we, when, when we take on something, we really are determined to do well at it and to, uh, and to, and to give it our best. And I think that is wonderful, but sometimes that can hold us back. And, and I think that, uh, that, that more and more of us who chart it and, and uh, you know, with the help of others will uh, you know, we'll, we'll build bigger and stronger tribes together. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. And I think you're such an inspiration to so many women. Well, Jennifer, thank you. And thank you for doing this. I think this is absolutely terrific that you've created this wonderful platform to have these engaging conversations and a place for, you know, for these conversations and discussions to take place. I think that is really important. And, you know, to your point, and I completely agree with you, uh, to see it is to be it and to share stories is uh, also something that is remarkable. So thank you for your leadership and for everything that you're doing to add that voice. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers. If you would like more information on how Women Leadership Nation can help you thrive in your career, please visit our website and sign up for our mailing list. You'll receive exclusive content, updates, and new podcast episodes delivered right to your inbox. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep breaking barriers.